Welcome to Sky Talkers. Here are your hosts, Charlotte and Caitlin. Hello, and welcome to Sky Talkers. I'm your host, Charlotte. Hey, everyone. I'm your other host, Caitlin, and welcome to this week's episode where we're talking all about the Bad Batch episode, Cornered. And this aired on May 21st, 2021. It was written by Christian Thomas, and it was directed by Saul Ruiz. And this was a really fun episode. So good. This is really cool because Christian Thomas is a name I haven't seen in a while. And he wrote a lot of Clone Wars episodes. Actually, he wrote like the, the best Clone, Clone Wars, Wars episodes, episodes, which are Mortis, the Clovis arc, which honestly I love, the Yoda arc, which we have a whole episode series on, the Ahsoka Younglings arc, which is one Emmys. He's just great. I really like it when Christian Thomas does Star Wars. <laughs> does Star Wars, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I realized that he had been a head writer for these arcs specifically. So it was, I feel like with Bad Batch, I've been diving a little bit more deeper into, or just diving deeper. I've been Googling the, uh, the writers. Yeah. Where I, I definitely wasn't doing that back when Clone Wars was first airing. Yeah. Well, back when Clone Wars came out, there was this like implicit understanding that at the writer's table, that big table that they used to show all the time at Skywalker Ranch, there was big table an ongoing head. conversation with George Lucas and Dave and it's just like a whole thing. So yeah, there's a lot of things that come from those episodes that are like, oh, no, that's George. That's George. That's George. But like, of course, writing the screenplay and developing it is separate yeah. from that. Yeah, exactly. What I thought was interesting, too, is that Christian Thomas has also been a writer and producer for shows uh, like Luke Cage, Lost, and Teen Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> the new Teen Wolf. <laughs> the new Teen Wolf. I watched the new Teen Wolf um, almost throughout its entire run. It was good. It had some it had some real gems in there. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. I yeah. did not watch it. That's not my cup of tea, but it's good for you, Caitlin. I'm glad. Lost is a solid pick, though, on that list. I feel yeah. like there's a lot of overlap of Star Wars fans and Lost fans for one specific reason, you know? So, interesting. Yeah, <laughs> it's JJ. Yeah. JJ's what the specific reason. reason. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I remember one summer when I was taking summer classes and I lived by myself <laughs> in college I and had no friends. <laughs> Mm, is when I binge lost in I think like a week like the whole thing <laughs> and I and I was packing up my apartment too so it was just it felt very dystopian and I was like I'm in another realm myself and I, I like I lived with those characters I understand that yeah. one time when I had no friends in the summer and I was doing an internship I watched all like I think there's literally like 18 seasons of One Tree Hill that was a lot oh, for me. I, I remember <laughs> a lot that. Of, I remember that. Yeah. It took me like three months. So <laughs> a long, long time. Anyway, love binging television shows. Truly. So let's talk about this awesome episode, Cornered. What did you think, Caitlin? Oh, man. I had such a good time with that with this episode. This has become my favorite episode of the season. Oh, my God. <laughs> Every single episode. I know. I thought last week. I know. I thought last week was really going to hold on strong. But this one, this one took the cake for me. Mm. Uh, it, this one's really good. I was overwhelmed by how beautiful this episode was. Yeah. It was such eye candy for me. I feel like whenever we go to Pantora, it's gorgeous. But with this new, it's not a new art style, right? But like this new animation technique, it's just so crisp, so nice, so bright. Oh, yeah. my God. This episode was so good. We're going to talk about it. But I felt so each episode really feels very familiar to me. I feel like I'm settling into something that I know. It, obviously, it's a universe that I know very well, right? But 
the format, the characters. I feel like I've been with them for a long time. And I felt especially so in this episode, which I felt moved at a really good pace and had a lot of really good character moments that I didn't expect. This episode was just so gorgeous. I want to hang on that for a second. That Pantora was so great. I'm surprised we didn't see Ryu Chuchi. Hello. Is she okay? I know. (laughs) But regardless, I think that this show is just so gorgeous. I'm just blown away by it every week. Yeah, this really was a beautiful episode because we had like a lot of pinks in this episode. Mm -hmm. Pinks and like neon blues and stuff like that it it did just looks so great and it, it reminded me a lot honestly of like the bad batch poster which has a lot of that like sunset pink in it and like those yeah. pinks and oranges like the the bad batch poster is like gorgeous too and this episode kind of reminded me of that but yeah i love when we get to be in cities and star wars i feel like a lot of times we're going to like very small towns or like desolate planets. And for me, I ha- I always have a lot of fun when we're on, when we're in like big cities, right? Like mm-hmm. Pantora felt even a lot bigger than like Lothal that we spend a lot of time in and Rebels and felt very similar to Coruscant in a lot of ways. Felt like a smaller scale Coruscant. So I had a really good time with it. I thought this episode was just really fun. The energy in it was really great. Fennec made her arrival. Oh my gosh. So excited. I don't know why, but I didn't expect this episode to have her in it. Me neither. I I know that that's like an unpopular opinion because I guess since there was that trailer like two weeks ago after Cut and Run that included Fennec, a lot of people thought that Fennec was going to be in the next episode, but I don't think I even watched that trailer maybe once, but I didn't really, I don't know. Sometimes I'm kind of weird about these clips week to week that they release about the next episode. They don't really do that for The Bad Batch, but... I'm kind of not a fan. Like, I never used to watch the Rebels clips at the end of Rebels Recon or anything like that, just because I feel like you only get 20 minutes of an episode, and I don't want to be thinking about it. I want to be fully surprised in the full picture, which is often better than the two-minute clip, you know? So, kind of weird about that. I love preview clips. Yeah. (laughs) I love them. I watch them. I love trailers. There's an art to the preview clip, and I enjoy it. They're usually not two minutes. They're like... 15 30 to 30 seconds, seconds. Yeah. max yeah. two minutes come on yeah i guess like for me i was like if this is a minute long clip and i have 20 minutes with the ghost crew and rebels like i would want to i want to spend the full 20 minutes not just the one minute yeah i mean, I mean you do you you experience yeah. how you want to but yeah no i love i love preview clips and you bring up rebels recon and i'm like where's our rebels recon for bad batch yeah, i was thinking about that today what would they call it the bad batch bachelor pad the bad Meet us at the Bad Batch Bachelor Pad. Maybe that's what we should call our series, the Bad Batch Bachelorette Pad or something. <laughs> Welcome to episode four of the Bad Batch Bachelorette. No, Bachelorette. Caitlin, no, no, no. I'm pulling the plug. <laughs> With Caitlin and Charlotte, we're your hosts. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we're just going to blow right past that. If you have been listening to any of Sky Talker's previous TV series review, predominantly when we talked about Resistance and the last season of Clone Wars, we had this kind of weekly question that we asked which was what's the state of the galaxy (laughs) and charlotte Mm -hmm. asked me this every single week but we're not we're we're retiring that question for bad Mm -hmm. batch which i i think may surprise some of you who are familiar with the what's the state of the galaxy question instead we're gonna put in this question which is what was our favorite soft moment of the episode (laughs) okay i'll go first you can only pick one it's the softest Yeah, yeah. This one might surprise you, but the hug between Wrecker and Omega That's was the best I one. Picked. Oh my god. Okay. 
That was the softest moment. It crowning was, softest moment. Was. Yeah, no, that's exactly what I picked. I thought for sure you'd pick a Hunter one. but Hunter is grade A soft all the time around Omega. So it's yeah. like hard to pick out a specific moment like that Wrecker one, you know? The Wrecker one, when, oh my God, when they, when he finds her, he's like, we were so worried about you. She's like, can we go home now? And he goes, yeah. And then he picks her up and she hugs <laughs> It's so cute. <laughs> in the world. My heart and breaking. He's walking down the maintenance tunnel and he's like, I've got Omega. We're on our way. <laughs> and then, honestly, then Wrecker's like, We're not, I can't leave without Omega. And it's like, Oh my God, they're a bond. I don't know. I'm obsessed with them. Me too. You know, in last episode, we were talking about how Rucker is a lot more aware of Omega. Like that was kind of his little baby plot line in the last episode was, you know, starting the episode with totally being willing to take her ration and then the end of it building her like her own fort in their ship, you know. And I think that we got to see a lot more of that in this episode, too. There were a couple of times when, of course, I can't I've like they've left my head now, but there were a couple of times in this episode where he like specifically mentions Omega within the conversation of everyone else is like a don't forget Omega remember Omega let's get this for Omega something like that and even him being the one to like go and go after her initially (laughs) with Fennec when he was like you go after her you gotta get through me I don't remember what he said but (laughs) I was like yes Wrecker (laughs) yeah I love him he's great he's it's, I'm shocked how much I love Wrecker. He was mm-hmm. not my favorite character. I, every, I say this every episode, but now he's like the biggest teddy bear ever. He's so great. So good. So good. Oh, oh, I remembered what it was at the end of the episode when they were talking about Fennec being a bounty hunter and explaining what that was to Omega. And Wrecker's the first one to go, don't scare her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so sweet. Always thinking about Omega. He is. He is. <laughs> but yeah, that was nice. Let's talk a little bit about Pantora because I think when they landed on Pantora, yes, it was beautiful. Yes, it was great. I think that there's a couple of interesting comments that Hunter makes and Echo too. He's there talking about the Empire takeover and how he was like overwhelmed by how fast everything happened. I thought it was really interesting because Omega doesn't know anything right about galactic politics, nor should she. She's a kid. She's never left Camino. She knows enough about them, but she doesn't know anything about what's going on in the galaxy. And honestly, the Bad Batch don't really either and i thought it was just a good moment when echo says you know after they talk about like why they were cheering i think omega asks like are they happy okay it seems like it's a good thing and echo says something along the lines of like it depends on what side you're on and to me that was really clear that i talked about this in previous episodes but it was pretty clear to me that i feel like we're going to get a progression of them firmly establishing themselves on the opposing side of the empire I think that that's clear just because of it's a hero story and there are heroes and that's just how Star Wars is. But I think going towards that side on the spectrum is interesting. You know, I think that we'll see them align more with the rebellion as maybe next season, but we'll see. Yeah, I think I really liked this part of the episode because I think it's so smart to show that there were people who were fully in support of the empire and what they were doing like we see on Pantora and whether or not they have a full understanding of what that actually entails at this juncture probably not right because by the time we get to the original trilogy 
you know, everyone seems to hate the Empire, except, of course, probably for the planets where the Empire is headquartered and like all those people are wealthy. Right. But a planet like Pantora and, and like you said, Omega even mentions this of like, well, isn't it good that the war is over? And it's like, yes, but comma, again, what information are people getting about how mm-hmm. the end of the war actually happened? Well, I feel like, you know, right? Like, yeah, they're like, oh, it's it's over. And these stormtroopers accomplished that. And we should be thankful, just like all these new things happening with the chain code. They are excited about that, which was a stark difference from the cut and run episode, which I feel like the colors in the cut and run episode were very black and white, very tan, very muted. Yeah. When here it's like things are thriving, like they're happy that the Empire is there. Yeah. Which is interesting. You know, I, I think that Rebels did this really well of kind of complicating the gray of like what the Empire was doing in the galaxy. But I think this was like an interesting contrast to what we saw before. Yeah, I agree. And I think, too, also keeping in mind, you know, Palpatine's speech at the end of Revenge of the Sith to the Senate of the, it was the Jedi who betrayed us. They're enemies mm-hmm. of the galaxy and the clones protected all of us when mm-hmm. that happened. And so that's probably the information that Pantora is getting, especially in what appears to be like a pretty wealthy metropolitan area <laughs> of, mm-hmm. of the planet i'm sure that's what they're getting and it's like oh you can trade over your credits and you there's not there's not a transaction fee <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> there's not yeah there's not an exchange fee it's mm-hmm. just it's a one-to-one that's amazing <laughs> great perfect yeah, like if someone told me that i would be like oh my god yes <laughs> No yeah. transaction fee. It's so great. <laughs> so yeah, I think I think this is a really smart thing to include. And to your point about the Bad Batch, you know, starting will begin to align throughout the series themselves with the rebellion. I think that's true. I want to pose the question of I wonder if we will see any of the Bad Batch choose to leave this life of fighting. Because as we said, this will circle always back to our question of the purpose of the clones and the purpose of individual clones that are able to think for themselves, that aren't under the manipulation of the inhibitor chip, right? What is their purpose, especially when they get to choose what their purpose is? And I don't know. I think, you know, so often we see our, like you said, it's Star Wars, right? Like the the hero receives the call to action and he, she, they act. That's what they do. And that is part of the hero's journey and so much of what we see in Star Wars. But I wonder if we'll have an example of one of our main characters here decide not to go down that path because they don't want to or because that's what they were created for as a clone. But through the course of the series, they realize that what they really yearn for is maybe something more like what Cut has. And I don't know, Mm -hmm. I think it could be interesting to see that kind of character development throughout the series in that maybe not all of them actually do continue down this path. And of course, right now, it's like I'm thinking of of Hunter growing his relationship with Omega and deciding that, no, I want a better life for her, like what Cut has for his kids. So we're going to go do that. You know, we're going to remove ourselves from this for now. Mm. I don't know if I think that'll happen just because of the state of the galaxy. (laughs) But I I do think it would be interesting if we did see it. I would love that. I actually want to add to that and say, I don't know if that's going to happen, but I could totally see a world where that does because 
I think there's something that is almost stereotypical and like formulaic over the fact that these members of this like space a team right have these names like hunter and wrecker that are so specific to their talents and everything and i just feel like wouldn't it be cool if hunter stopped being a hunter wrecker stopped being a wrecker and i'm with you in that or i feel like that would be a really powerful end to the series like star piece you know be nice (laughs) yeah well it is it's kind of like the whole thing right it's it almost makes you think of like finn in the force awakens when he you know at that point he's only called fn2187 names are very important and in the sequel trilogy that was a huge thing of names and for finn in the force awakens that was his name from poe and like really coming into that identity on his own and we don't really know how the bad batch got their nicknames right like did they Mm -hmm. give it to themselves was it given to them by a superior however did they pick it themselves but you're right like their names are so one note about Mm -hmm. who they are it it is a calling card of hunter you know what he does wrecker you know what he does tech you know what he does and like that is their purpose for the clone the of the bad batch right is to be the hunter be the wrecker be the tech guy and so hopefully we'll begin to see an omega and hunter omega has started this journey for hunter of like adding more adjectives to who he is and like Mm -hmm. his personality and like understanding the things that are really important to him and i think that like a character like hunter right we've talked about how we have kind of the most character development and like insight into his psyche than the rest of the bad batch at this juncture and i think that I'm not saying that the Bad Batch are one note, right? But I think that that's kind of what they're known for. And I think that this journey is about unlocking the other parts of their personality and their identity that were always in there, but were never needed for their purpose of being the Bad Batch, if that makes sense. And so, and like with Omega getting to talk to Hunter last week about you know, it him being mad at himself about what happened to Crosshair, that shows that facet of his personality that is loyalty above all else, even above Crosshair's betrayal of them in the very first episode. And that like protectiveness and that wanting to take care of someone else like a father with Omega, like that definitely never came up when they were, you know, just doing the bad batch thing. So I think I think that's such a good point of like their names define them, but that it's always defined them within the context of the Clone Wars. And so will they change their names? Probably not. But what if they did? And like, what would they call themselves three years from now into the series? How would they see themselves? How will they see themselves? Yeah, it's super interesting. You mentioned Omega, and I think we should talk a little bit about Omega. I think that it's really cool that they're hammering down the fact that Omega is like 100% a fish out of water and really knows nothing about galactic politics, like I mentioned before. And honestly, I think it's a little predictable that she wants to explore everything, but it is really adorable when she was like, a tour, a guided tour, or something like that. Sightseeing, yeah, sightseeing. I was like, a guided architectural tour of Pantora. Sign me up. Yeah, I totally relate to that. And I, I don't know. I thought it was really cute, but I do think that it's a little predictable. But it makes sense. I think that it's also really interesting, though, because while I say it's predictable, like I can work against that by saying, like, in a couple episodes back, they talked about how like no clone is created without purpose, and one has to ask the question like what was omega's purpose we keep asking this question every single episode and i don't know if our theories are changing about who she is and 
who she was a clone of and like why she's there and everything like that. But I do think that if your purpose is one thing and then she's like, no, I want to do this. I want to be an explorer. I want to be part of the Bad Batch. It does go against that, whatever her purpose was. And I wanted to ask like any updates on the theories. Like, what are your thoughts? I don't have an update on my theory. I did kind of. Okay, maybe I do. I lied. I do. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to put this theory out there. I don't think it's the Kaminoans who sent Fennec after her. I don't either. I don't either. I think it's someone else who knows about her that isn't supposed to know about her. Mm -hmm. Or that the Kaminoans don't know about her. Yeah, I think the Kaminoans is the obvious choice behind who sent Fennec. But I also feel like it's shady to send a bounty hunter after Omega, I don't know. It's like, I don't know if I would see the Kaminoans actually doing that. And I would hope that it's actually something a little bit different and like more interesting than just the Kaminoans like want their asset back, you know? And I feel like what you propose, which is someone else knows about her and like wants her, maybe it's like not evil. I don't know. It probably is. But (laughs) maybe there's just a deeper meaning there. I just hope it's something more interesting than that. I hope so, too, because if it is the Kaminoans, why wouldn't they just – right, we have Fennec at the end of it with her calm. You know, the, the target got away, but I'll, I'll get her. We could have, like, heard the Kaminoans respond back of, make sure you do, or whatever. <laughs> but it was just Fennec. So, yeah, it feels like the Kaminoans are the obvious choice. And if it is them, then I feel like they would have just had Fennec say something about it or talk to them in this episode. But – very purposely hidden so i hope it's something more interesting (laughs) and it'll you know for better or for worse this will be kind of like you know grogu in the mandalorian of multiple people multiple entities after the same target which is the child i'm still asking myself why though and i think that maybe the reason will reveal itself by who is tracking her down you know and I think that it's interesting to consider like, okay, so the Kaminoans are the obvious choice because perhaps she is like clone A from a new batch of clones that are different from Django since we now know that the DNA that they were cloning from is has like disintegrated or is not working anymore. So it makes sense that they'd want that back, but I still think that it could be something more. I don't know. I'm just, I, I'm ready for like more to be learned from that. Mm, this is a crazy theory. What if it's like remnant, like secret Jedi who know that Omega is force sensitive and so they're trying to get her back, but they can't. They're in hiding right now. What if it's Obi-Wan? What if it's Obi-Wan who sent Fennec? But, yeah, but like, does that make sense? Like, Fennec was pretty brutal in her trying to capture. I mean, I think that we'll talk about this in a second, but like, or we, let's just talk about it now. <laughs> um, I think that Fennec surprised me because I thought, you know, I hear Bounty Hunter, I immediately think of Jango Fett, I think of Boba Fett, who are like brutal, cunning warriors, right? And we've already seen Fennec in action, obviously, in The Mandalorian, but seeing her in her younger years, I don't know what I was expecting in terms of like what we were going to get in terms of her character. And I think that she was not like 100% sinister, but she was like still a badass. But like the ending when she didn't kill the docking bay operator and said just paid him, I thought was an interesting move that made me think a little bit more about like who is Fennec Shand, you know? Who is she and who does she work for? And is she 
I don't know. It's so interesting, right? I have like basically no grounding because the Mandalorian didn't really give us that much about like who she is besides the fact that now she is indebted to Boba Fett and like they have a bond, right? Yeah. And I, I'm ex- really excited for the book of Boba Fett. I honestly cannot wait for that show because I love Mino Wen and I I think she's awesome and I want to see more of her. But we really don't know that much about the character because she was a secondary character. And I think it's interesting that they're going to establish, presumably, a personality for her basically in this series that will tie into the Book of Boba Fett. And I wonder what sort of expectations I'm going to be bringing into the Book of Boba Fett now that I've seen Fennec here. Yeah, and I wonder just how often we're going to be seeing her in Bad Batch. And I mean, to combine the Omega and Fennec story, wasn't it just the sweetest thing when Omega was like, wait, you're alone? You can just come with us. (laughs) So nice. So nice. (laughs) My heart just (laughs) broke into a million pieces. And like if Fenix didn't, I mean, you it's it's got to have cracked just a little bit when she said that, you know, just it has to. The thing about Fennec, I love Fennec, and I'm so excited to have her in this series. But <laughs> when I was watching it, I go, Fennec is so freaking fashionable. Like, her outfit is so cool. Ugh, so it, but cool. it does not make sense that she, like, to be that cool and keep the same outfit for 20 plus years. You know, that's just one of those Star Wars things where you just, just have to suspend your disbelief. I gotta because, suspend it. It's suspended. Yeah, but- suspend it because maybe, you know what, Caitlin? I don't know. In 20 years, I might be dressing the same. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, all I want is my hair to be long enough to do the Fennec braid situation with the red thread. Oh, my God. So cool. Her her outfit is so cool. (laughs) I'm obsessed with the costume. I really like the long, like... I don't know what to call them, but like the trench coat situation, it's so the, cool. The visor too, and the orange <sighs> and the red. God, it's it's amazing. It's so cool. It's really so good. Yeah, but I I loved her interactions with Omega. One I thought Mingna Wen did a fantastic job. I like her little one liners were so quippy with Omega. I thought it was great. Mm-hmm. And even when she tells her, you know, like it's okay to break the rules sometimes. I feel like Omega is gonna take that. I feel like we'll see that come up again (laughs) later, probably when she's with Fennec again and maybe running away from Fennec and kind of gets the upper hand on her and is like, it's okay to break the rules sometimes. (laughs) That would be iconic. It would be. And then when they're they're hanging off the tower and, of course, Fennec catches her and then says, make sure you tuck and roll (laughs) when she drops her onto the whatever the ship below them is. And she does not tuck and roll. She does not tuck and roll. (laughs) (laughs) But then what I love, too, number one, I loved how Fennec so – was not expecting her to so easily get the upper hand on Wrecker. I th- literally was like two seconds and Wrecker was out. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Which I was like, wow, Fennec, get it. Like, I, I love Wrecker, <laughs> but I'm here for you. <laughs> too. But then on the flip side, Omega totally got herself out of that situation with Fennec. She's the one that took mm-hmm. care of Fennec when they were on that transport, not Hunter. Which I thought was yeah. was really great. Of course, she herself ended up in hot water, but it was still really fun. Yeah, it was great. That whole sequence was so good. Let's talk about Attack of the Clones and like the references Mm. there because it was the same sound design. Like they were just pulling from the library and obvious references, bounty hunter, prey, chasing. It was so good. I even loved the speeder bike addition to it all. The visuals like I talked about before, but 
is so good. So good. You guys, this is that that whole the Sam Wessel chase is my favorite part of Attack of the Clones, and I feel like I talk about it a lot. But I I love that I love that sequence so much with Anakin and Obi Wan. The whole thing is just so great, and so to have the very clear kind of homage here in this episode, but still have like very different beats to it overall mm-hmm. with like the actual tussle between them, between Hunter and Fennec and Omega, I thought was really fun. And I really liked it, especially like the maintenance tower and the maintenance tunnel. Yeah, I loved that guy just like bopping. Oh my God. His yeah. music. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and when Fennec steals the speeder from that random guy and she just like whoosh throws him out. I was like, oh, he gone. Rest in peace. <laughs> I know I was in that moment I was reminded I was like oh yeah that violence that we got last episode okay we're still there we're still there yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) but I will say I had hope for him though because the same thing basically happens to Fennec and she tucks and rolls and you know lands on her feet but I don't know if that guy he was caught off guard so I don't know if he I think we're talking about two different things because I was like oh those those speeders like exploded she shot them in the chest Oh, no, that, that, she did shoot that guy in the chest. <laughs> There's another guy who she pulled out of the driver's seat, and he goes, ah. I like how we have two violent moments. <laughs> no. Are we on the same page? One yeah. guy definitely died. One guy <laughs> probably died, but there's maybe he tucked and rolled. Hopefully he tucked and rolled. <laughs> That's all we can hope for. <laughs> did he tuck and roll? <laughs> I also thought that I've seen Attack of the Clones too many times at this point for there to be like tension that I'm on the edge of my seat. But there was a considerable amount of tension here where during it, I was like, I actually have no idea where this is going to go. Like, does Fennec get a hold of Omega or what? Like, what are the next couple episodes going to be like? Because I wouldn't be surprised if that were so. Obviously, that didn't happen. But the fact that I was questioning that is always a fun experience as a viewer. Yeah. Do you think that Fennec will eventually join the Bad Batch? Yeah. And I think that there's a couple of clips in that trailer that I was mentioning that I watched like maybe one time of I think Hunter and Fennec fighting like co- combat style like hand to hand but it I don't know it didn't look as like violent but I think that they can team up I think they should team up I hope so but yeah <laughs> I want to see Fennec in the can you just imagine like Fennec decides she's gonna join the crew or whatever and Omega is like touring her around the ship and is like this is my room. Wrecker built it for me. We can share it if you want. And she's like, no. And she's like, <laughs> that's cute. And Wrecker's yeah. like, it is. <laughs> it is cute. It I is made cute. it cute. <laughs> made it cute. Her Wrecker goes, I don't have another Lula for you. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta make a new Lula. <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm ready for that. Another thing that was so good was the amount of resistance love that was in this episode. Starting with the cute droids that Echo interacts with, mm. I was like, that droid with the arms and legs is like my favorite thing ever. I honestly need to draw that. And I haven't felt that way about a thing in a while where I'm like, I need to draw him because he's so cute. But we saw that same droid model a lot in Resistance, which yeah. is so cute. Yeah. And then, of course, Buggles. Buggles. Not the Buggles, Buggles but right. four packs and... I was very happy. <laughs> Warbacks are like those pets where you're kind of like, ugh, and then you're like, ah. <laughs> I know. I feel like because we didn't see the multiple legs in this one, <laughs> at least I don't think we did, 
they were cuter in this than they were in Resistance. Because I think what, like, really threw people about Buggles was the multiple, like, there's, like, six legs. And (laughs) it was just a lot. And the more you get to know Buggles, the cuter he becomes. So. Absolutely. I was very excited to see the babies. I... Loved it. Loved the sequence. Loved the whole thing. It was so great. Yeah. Of course, too, I I thought that that shop where Echo was sold very much had Batu vibes down there. Absolutely. It really did. I was like, oh, this is like so Batu. I bet it was lifted from concept art. I would not be surprised. I'm sure they did that on purpose, too. And like even the doll, of course, looks just like the one you can buy there, which we've seen, of course, in in other parts of Star Wars. But, you know, and like because like the round entryway and the kind mm-hmm. of like small storefront that's all exactly how it's laid out in Batuu so yeah I was like wow this makes me really want to go for a Ronto wrap <laughs> right about now yep yep that's yeah. the mood always the mood always the mood and then of course thinking of uh, resistance we had Bobby Moynihan I know and Taram Killam who Kim. I think also had a cameo in resistance too did I'm he? not positive about that I'm wouldn't sure be surprised he did actually yeah a lot of SNL people did. Yeah. And it was like, I'm so happy that Bobby Moynihan is back because he was so excited about Resistance oh. and I love him. He is so nice and so cool and loves Star Wars so much. Do you remember at the the Resistance panel at Star Wars Celebration 2019 was like the perfect panel? Oh my euphoric. God. Euphoric. It, it was euphoric. And do you remember Bobby Moynihan, he was yelling about how much mm-hmm. he loved Resistance and Star Wars. And he like ran from the stage up and down the aisle. I still have a video. It's really funny, like watching him go by our, our row. <laughs> so great. I just, the Resistance cast was so great. And I just, I miss Resistance. And Bobby Moynihan loved Resistance. And yeah, I, I'm glad that we were able to see him here. You brought up the storefront. So I wanted to talk a little bit about Echo here. I felt like I really liked Echo in this episode. Number one, I thought his getup was pretty cool. I liked the helmet and all of a sudden he really did look like a droid. It was kind of shocking, you know, but I think that there's so much to unpack with Echo that we haven't gotten yet. And this is only episode four. So I understand that. Okay. I'm just, I'm saying I understand that, but there's a lot there. Like he kind of bristled at becoming a droid even temporarily. That's clearly like a pain point for him, which of course it is. And there's just a lot of trauma to unpack and I need more echo because whenever we focused on him, I was like, wow, there's a lot here. And I'm really enjoying seeing this dynamic and this like leadership situation that's happening. I don't know. I I really liked it. And I think that there's so much story to be told with him. I think you're right. There is a lot of story to be told with him. I definitely read his whole kind of plot in this episode as more comedic than anything. And I really liked it too because I feel like Echo, he's the one we know, even though we know him the the most amount of time from Clone Wars, he feels like he's kind of had one emotion, I think, throughout the Bad Batch series so far of what are we doing? Crosshair almost killed you. Watch out. <laughs> I don't mean that in a bad way. I just feel like, I don't know. It was nice to see like, what I interpreted as kind of these moments of levity with Hunter and Echo when they were talking about what price to sell him for. And he was like, you you can't sell me for 2000 Like, I'm <laughs> definitely worth more than that. And then he obviously, Hunter agrees to 3000 and Echo is 
clearly kind of perturbed about that. And then the whole conversation with the droids too, when the 3PO droid, which I love the the voice for the female 3PO Same. droid. is <laughs> so fun. Mm-hmm. When they were talking about getting the restraining bolts off and she was like, I can't do that. And he's like, that's why I'm the supervisor. <laughs> <laughs> and then when he walks out too and he's like you're not a droid he goes yeah and you got me for a bargain <laughs> I don't know I just thought it was fun and I don't really feel like I've laughed a lot at things that Echo has said so far in this series so because you're right he's got a lot of trauma and there's a lot that he needs to work through but I enjoyed laughing at some of the situations he was put in this episode I guess I read more into that than Maybe I should have, but I think that the idea of Echo, who is now has like a lot of droid parts and is probably dealing with that as suddenly being thrust into this position where he has to deny that or be like, I'm not like you guys, obviously. I don't know. I just I thought that there was like underneath the humor, there was some seriousness there of I don't even know how to talk about it properly, to be honest, but I just felt like there's a lot there. Well, yeah, I mean, that's why he specifically had this plot line Mm -hmm. because all of that is underneath there. So, I mean, you're right. Yeah. And like oftentimes when you're like coming face to face with trauma, like maybe perhaps like going through it through the the visage of humor is the way to do it. And like that's what's happening here, maybe. But I don't know. I just thought that there was a lot there. Yeah, I think there is. And I think we'll see it come up more in the future, too. And yeah, like that's why he's put in this situation. And they even talk about it in the beginning with Brecker when he's like, well, I forget what he says, but basically like Echo can go anywhere he wants because he looks like a droid in that getup. I think they call it that mm-hmm. getup in the beginning. And Echo was like, yeah, that's the point. <laughs> but I don't think he realized <laughs> what it would mean actually <laughs> once yeah. it came down to it. Totally. Yeah. Let's talk about Wrecker for a second because we have another situation where Wrecker hits his head and he didn't go order 66 on them all, but I know the yet is there. It's lingering. Patreon member Joey in our Patreon discord this morning said something interesting. I just, I thought it was a really good point about how he said that he would bet that like that was going to happen a third time. And then after the third time, something along the lines of like, activating the chip was going to happen and i think that makes perfect sense because of the rule of threes and it's just a storytelling magic where you're like oh my gosh like actually all those times that wrecker hit his head yeah it was just a little bump but it's all a domino effect that leads us to here um i'm not ready i'm just not ready (laughs) i think i think that's true you know obviously like happening a third time i think we need to see wrecker mention it again at the beginning of next episode of, yeah. Oh, man, my head still hurts from my thing with Fennec, right? Because I feel like that's mm-hmm. the – since he didn't talk about it in this episode, that's the sign to, like, remember that, oh, yeah, he hit his head again. So yeah. if he doesn't mention it again, though – Then it's over. That's kind of what I feel like, but I, I think he will. So I think the tension is high right now for Rucker's headache. <laughs> what will happen next? Tension is really high. Tension is, it's a tension headache. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a really good point, though, by Joey, and I'm very interested to see or if it, if it will be like if we'll basically start the clock over again, if nothing happens for the next couple episodes and then suddenly three in a row and we've got a scary record on our hands. Yeah, who knows? It's I just know that the show is going to continue to break my heart 
and it's going to do it in the most painful way possible. And I'm ready for it. But Star Wars is tragedy. So that's going to help them. (laughs) Star Wars is tragedy. And right now they're they're still really building up that right now it's it's Wrecker and Hunter who are the closest to Omega. So that that pain is going to come from one or two of them. Yeah, there's a reason that was our shared top cute moment. Yeah, and exactly. Because they're working it. Oh, it's going to hurt. Yep. All right. So what do we think is next for the crew? I honestly don't know what's next for our crew, but I wanted to note something also in that it's clear that Fennec is after Omega, but Fennec is not after the Bad Batch. And those things are different. And I don't know if anyone else is after the Bad Batch, but... I don't know. I feel like that's really an interesting move where they're not necessarily considered like targets for like an outlaw situation. They are outlaws, but Omega is the clear target. So I think that if I were to predict what's next for the crew, I think that the Omega storyline will actually continue to take center stage as the crew figures out a way to navigate through the galaxy where they can't keep stealing stuff either. You know, they have to actually use money and maybe they can keep stealing stuff. I don't know. But it doesn't really seem like that was the moral of this episode. It was like they had to figure it out in a different way. And I am just curious to see how they're going to pull it off, obviously. Yeah. I think logistically next episode, I think if I had to put money on it, I'd say that we're probably going to stay on the ship next episode. And we'll have like a, a ship problem out in space, mm. like a dogfight situation. Because mm. we've kind of planet hopped so far. For four episodes so i wonder yeah. if we'll have to stay on the ship like in space for a while yeah i totally agree i think this is going to be a ship episode or they have to have a ship episode in the future because i think that pantora was had to be a really really expensive set to render and to develop and to animate it because it was so gorgeous and so detailed that i think the the crew might i don't know i feel like they'll probably put their resources into using an already established set the ship itself but yeah we'll see yeah yeah that's what i think is gonna happen next episode but that's as far as i have in my speculation right now actually as far as immediate next steps which feels kind of weird totally yeah i like that surprise though and that ability to not really guess because every episode has been a bop like every episode slaps (laughs) i'm like shook actually i'm not because i've always been gunning for the bad batch ever since i heard the the creators talk about it last summer i was like no you guys this is gonna be like really good and i feel like it's really paying off it's blowing me away it's so good (laughs) past charlotte was right and present charlotte is reaping the reward yeah absolutely and it feels so good (laughs) (laughs) well congratulations past charlotte and congratulations present charlotte no, congratulations to all of us. All of this us. show is so good. <laughs> it's true. It's every episode has been so good and they keep continually getting better. Ergo, this episode being my new favorite, and that has happened uh, every week. So mm-hmm. <laughs> what will happen next week? For me, this episode is a pretty high bar to pass just because Fennec I thought was great in it. The tension, the attack of the clones, the buckles. And Omega and Wrecker and Hunter all together. Anyway, I thought this episode was great. So I'm excited to see what new ways they'll make next week my favorite episode. 
Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up this week's discussion all about the episode of Bad Batch called Cornered. I hope you guys enjoyed it. And if you want to find us online, you can find us on Twitter at SkytalkersPod or our personal handles. Charlotte's is at Clarity. Mine is at Caitlin Flusher. We also have our website, SkyTalkers.com, our Instagram, and our TikTok that we are posting on pretty regularly. So if you want fun, random Star Wars content from us, please go check out our TikTok. And if you haven't left us a review yet on iTunes and you have a couple seconds to go and leave us a five-star rating, we would really appreciate it. It helps other people find our show. And if you're interested in other ways to support us, you can also check out our Patreon page. And I want to say a huge thank you to these patrons, Chell, Tom, Edith, Molly, Allison, Kels, Aliyah, Sarah, Adam, Travis, Becca, Daniela, Alyssa, Katie, Allie, Natalia, Courtney, Diana, Stuart, Susanna, and Lauren. Thank you so much for supporting us. Yes, thank you guys so much. And until next time, may the force be with you. May the force be with you. Thank you.